down. Timer for the discussion? Um, yeah, if you do that. Uh, yeah, we're, we're live, by the way. Hey, everybody. Cool. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Ultimate Effort, the official unofficial webcast of Index Card RPG. Our quest, as always, is to bring you ideas, tips, tricks, and insight. A little bit of news so we can level up your ICRPG experience. I'm Matt, the world's okayest DM, together as always with Matthew, Mike, Alex, and John. And um, we have no special guests. You notice there are five boxes in, instead. Um, other than you, yourselves, um, I really want to take a second just to acknowledge um, all the interest and, and, and thank everyone in the, in the Google Plus community for all the awesome questions. Um, there's a lot, there's a lot to, um, to get to. We do plan to address all of what you guys are, are, are posting. You all have posted excellent topics and for conversation, a lot of, gave us a lot of food for thought. I want you all to know your questions on the list. <laughs> We're going to get to it. I assure you, Long list. um, for today, we've got, um, I don't know. We've got a couple of couple of things in the pipe here that are interesting. Uh, we, we were just uh, b- before we went live, we were having a little discussion about um, about something that maybe maybe you guys are maybe you guys have thought of. Uh, maybe maybe you haven't. Um, there there is the question is uh, it's not really so much a question rather than an observation that we we're kind of sharing. Um, ICRPG seems to be used for an awful lot of one shots rather than full on campaign. We were discussing is ICRPG, do you think it, it lends itself better to campaign play or just that one shot? Which, which is, which is it, you know? Um, and, but before we were able to, uh, really get to that whole get to the meat of that matter um thing snarled in the darkness and oh god a black dragon it breathed acid breath on us roll initiative 18 here 19 oh wow 16 i rolled a three <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness classic <laughs> I rolled a nine, so Alex last. <laughs> so one shots and campaigns. Does I index card RPG lend itself better to one than the other? Uh what do you think, uh John? Well, I think the reason why we see a lot of one shots versus campaigns is because one shots are easy to write and they're easy to run, and quite honestly, they're easy to uh introduce people to the new system. However, I think that it's like, it, it really should be used to run campaigns simply because it's easier to run. It's easier to maintain. And uh, I mean, we've, we've seen, and we've seen uh, some campaigns extend, and we've seen some adventures extend past the first adventure already. And we, we've seen this happen already in in the, uh, the the last flight of the red sword that Hank ran. It, I think it, uh, it went into Matt. You were in that. You're in that game. Yeah. It went into uh, you know like what is it? The Splinters of Iris. Yeah. Part three will hopefully part be coming down the pipe sometime soon too. Yeah. 
And I mean that, and that adventure even involved a total party wipe at one point. So I mean, like the system is built to have the you know is built to have long term gameplay if you if you really want it to. And if you have happen to have a healer in your party, which one of my groups does, oh my goodness, yeah, your party's going to be alive for a long time. And right. with the advent of the new Constitution recovery rules, I mean. Your players, your players are crafty, and now they're survivable in the system. So, yeah, no, it's it's That's definitely cool. it's definitely for for a long term yeah, thing. He, he, healing definitely, uh, I, not not to overtalk you. I'm sorry, but the healing definitely got a little bit more uh, beefy uh, with one one point three, even just that sl- subtle rules change. So I know what you're talking about. That subtle rules change. I think revolutionized the system. We went from not seeing anybody use the recovery system to at least the last time I played it, everyone used it at least once in the adventure. You know, it's like, it, you know, why wouldn't you? Um, and, you know, a healer, especially if they have a higher milestone, healing Nova, quick point, if you have a healer that has the healing Nova spell, the first thing you should do is put spell burn on that shit because it is <laughs> massively powerful spell. Yeah. Uh, but you know, just just make sure add rest spots. Or you could get uh, you could get really crafty and have it uh, have it heal any enemies who are also in range. Oh my! God. <laughs> I was this tempted, but they were they were in trouble enough as it was. Cool. But yeah. No, it's that's right. uh, some good points. Man. I definitely think that it's uh, it's better for campaigns than it is for one shots. It's okay. easier to tell stories with the system than with anything I've ever seen before. Mm. So well, and that Matthew, is that's my Matthew. turn. Matthew, what's your uh, what's your thought on that, man? You came in at initiative eighteen. Yeah, I. You know what? I'm I'm gonna go the opposite way and say, it's 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 it, it works for campaigns. Like it's easier to scale it because you have a limit of ten items, so no one's gonna become OP with like twenty spells or something like that. But I feel like the reason why it's used for a one shot is because the system is really simple. First, so you can you can put up a one shot in like fifteen minutes. True. Uh, it's action-packed, like a good one-shot should be. And if you want to run a one-shot, I think it was hard before ICRPG because using the older systems, it's hard to like um, create characters in like in, in 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 no time. It's hard to create encounters that are balanced and like action-packed and everything. Anyway, that's that's how I feel. Like I used to play D&D Fifth Edition, and True. for real, I had a hard time running one-shots. They were either too slow. Uh, boring, like throw ghouls at them, and like we all love ghouls, but man, <laughs> fuck ghouls, you know. At some point, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, variety is the spice of life. One can fight only so many ghouls. <laughs> exactly. So what I was just trying to say is, yes, it works for campaigns because for long-term campaigns, because it just boils down to uh, role-playing and uh, getting into your character and creating bonds between the party members. So any good system, actually any system can do that. And the reason why it's used for one shot right now is just because it's probably the only system that allows for good one shots. Mm -hmm. So, and people realized it. Uh, Hankerin just showed us how to create encounters with timers and how to make them action packed as hell. And that's, that's why it's happening right now. With a minimum of effort. Exactly. Basic work. 
Right. Moving out. Initiative 16. Mike, what do you think? What are um, you I have to, yeah, know. well, I have to add stuff on what Matthew said. Um, I think it comes down to the uh, investment problem. And by investment problem, I want to talk about the invested time of constructing a campaign or a one-shot versus the fun produced out of it. Um, I, I, I believe that because it's easier to uh, design uh, these one shots and they pres- and they produce the i guess a better outcome and if you fail it's easy to just brush it off and like continue when you fail in your long term campaign it has repercussion in in the future so like let's say uh, the leech king dies right there and you're like shit he wasn't supposed to die and it fucks up all your your story and your lore and you don't, um, it, you feel like running along, uh, like the, the advantages of running along a long campaign is, um, uh, your self actualization while you're being creative. That's the funnest part is as a GM, you're going to, all this creativity is going to produce like lots and lots of fun, but it's time consuming and you're constantly, uh, barricaded with self doubt and overthinking and, and it, it sometimes paralyzes you in your creativity. Um, but when you're running a one shot, you know, it's little preparation for the players and the GM and, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. And, um, yeah, if I want to add as well, um, the reason why people are running one shots is it's a consequence of our time. People are busy. People have different schedules. And, and can I add something to that? You can actually reuse the one shot and make them better every time you can play the same one shot with different groups. It saves so much time. And, um, people are growing, are, have always, yeah, they have diminishing spans of concentration and focus when they, uh, do shit. So like, you know, you're going to be on your phone, you're going to be like one shots, it's like, bam, direct. You have like, it's four hours, man. You're, you're going to go through it and it's action packed. That's the advantage of ice RPG. It's action packed. I, I have. I have the experience of like all the one shots that I run. Everyone wants to, okay, when are we playing again? I'm like, oh, uh. I guess we could do yeah. that, you know. Well, you know what I mean, <laughs> I, I think it's a good starter. It's a good starter, and then you you know it gets you like, okay, fuck, this happens. I'm gonna construct a, a story around it. Uh, I actually went and checked in the ICRPG manual to see um, how many times one shot the the word one shot would come out, and how many times the word campaign came out. Uh, campaign came out eight times, and one shot came out six times. So I was wondering, is it due to a uh, as you read, because you constantly read the word one shot, people started to assume it was for one shot, but it was, it's not the case. Campaign comes sure. out more often. Sure. Uh, they were, they yeah. were, they were perhaps psycho programs yeah, well, to, uh, to, to, <laughs> by the, by the book. Uh, that they're yeah, reading. That, that's, that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> Sorry to take so much time. Oh no. Hey man, that's cool. Uh, next is, uh, Alex, what'd you roll for initiative three? Yeah, I had a three. All right, cool. Hey, you know what, man? I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna delay my action. Oh my! I'm gonna, oh. Go ahead, I'm gonna go ahead and do that, man. I'm gonna I want to see uh, what what happens to you if you get dissolved by acid or not. Well, it very well could happen. <laughs> um, I, I've got a little bit to say on this, so I'm I'm gonna apologize in advance if I'm long winded. But the, the the short answer is yes. I think you can use ICRPG for both short and long term uh, gaming. I, I'm currently running it. Uh, a campaign right now using ICRPG. We started out in 5e and then we converted over. 
So that's a little bit of a, of a uh, teaser for what's to come. But I think for me, um, one of the reasons why I like ICRPG for the long haul uh, boils down to two concepts. And the first one is going to be challenging characters. Um, first of all, I don't think it's it's fun at all if your characters are Conan and they're killing 50 goblins in one swipe. And um, uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it can be, but but certainly that gets very boring after a while when you're not challenging them. Yeah, point you need, that, you need that at least once. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So and, and we'll talk about variety, of course, but um, but in general, that can't be the default all the time. Uh, similarly, y- your characters can't be getting crushed all the time because then they're just victims and there's nothing heroic about that either, uh, nor is that fun for anybody, uh, especially if you're that DM. Sure. Um, for me, where the game gets awesome is when characters are ragged. It's the struggle that we care about. Yes. And so, you know, look at any p- good piece of fiction, look at any great uh, movie that you like. We love it when protagonists... <laughs> Um, get beat up, get knocked down, get right to that point of failure, and then at the last moment somehow come through to save the day. Yeah, that, that's exciting. And if you can replicate that at the at your table, I guarantee you it is going to be awesome. Now to tie this into ICRPG, what I love about it is I do not have to work very hard as a DM to challenge people, and kind of built into the rule set already because you have said ten stinking hit points in the beginning. Absolutely. And so literally for say three to four brand new characters, I can throw four to five one heart monsters at them, maybe occasionally a boss with two hearts. And very quickly, I can get everybody down to around two or three hit points, but somehow, some way they will find a way to still overcome. And that is awesome. And I can rinse, wash and repeat literally three rooms and that same encounter session after session after session over the long haul, not even changing any of the loot and still make it just as exciting as day one. Now, I'm going to go into my second topic on this, which is then scaling. And so let's assume that you do give these players uh, better loot. Again, I think ICRPG scales even better than D&D, than 5e, um, because with all of the abilities in 5e, by the time characters are around level 5, and certainly by level 10, they're almost gods at the table. And, and I found I have to work very hard as a DM to challenge folks. Um, I, I really do. With ICRPG, I don't have to work very hard to challenge those folks. Um, even if they get some better loot, we just go up to two heart monsters. And I may not even have characters at the end of my first story arc. They may not even get a heart until they're done that entire an extra heart until they're done that entire arc. So yeah. I can ke- I can keep them in that ragged uh, state over the long haul and make it really super fun and really super exciting. And I'm sorry that was so long, but that's the reason why I think ICRPG would really shine um, during the long haul. Cool. Yo, you guys need to stop apologizing, man. What yeah. you see, what you see is yeah. really valuable, man. Take your time, guys. <laughs> I, I, I love I love all the uh, I love all the all the. Uh, if I could actually, if anything, Alex, if I could get more of your thoughts out into the world, that would be that would be ideal for me. <laughs> oh, that's very kind of you guys. Uh, there's there's um, depending uh, on what Matt has to say, I think I have something to add, uh, you know, based on something I think Mike said. But please, there, no. there's, I, I guess I'm going last here, and I think I think that uh, because of you know aforementioned things, the 
I run a lot of one shots. Like I probably do one or two every weekend. Um, it's very, very easy to do one shots. And um, especially with ICRPG, I threw one together in about 20 minutes. Um, it's perfect for it. However, campaigns, campaigns are hard to do. Um, they're, they're, they're tough to do in ICRPG, not, because of any failing in the system it's just the it's it's it, it if it's if there's a problem with running a campaign using icrpg it's the same issue that you have doing a campaign in any system and that's kind of touches on like what mike said it's it's the it's the investment it's the it's the it's the commitment you need to you need to you need it's hard for me to find somebody that that um to sit down and plan a 15 session campaign with you know um i don't know if they're gonna be around let alone still alive you know in, in 30 weeks or something if i'm meeting every other week <laughs> you know but and there's um it's it's just uh you know it, it gets it gets to the point where um, I find it easier to, though, to, I find it really easy to get people interested in campaigns more so than in like D&D 5th edition or any edition really, because you've got, it is so easy to, to create those one-offs that people will come to you saying, hey, you know what, that was awesome. I really like my character. It was so simple. Let's continue playing that story and see where it goes if you're playing with a decent group, they, they start, they kind of start coming to you um, with campaign ideas, which has never happened to me before. Um, open air guys. What do you think? That's really awesome. By the way. Yeah. Or real. Uh, I'm wondering, yeah, I'm wondering I yeah, shit, if I can add something. Um, and you also have to be aligned. Like you, you said, you know, you have to plan a 15 session campaign. But you also have to be aligned uh, with your player goals as well. Like your campaign has to be aligned with what they want out of a session, so that in in a way it castrates your uh, your creativity in the in this long term session. Which is, I think, sure. it's hard for a, a a creative person to like work under like these tight constraints. You know, like everybody here likes. Uh, I know. Matt likes to blast some shit and puzzles are not really his thing. And, you know, I will destroy the, I will, I will light the fucking puzzle exactly. on fire. You know, time if I can, let's Better make that shit indestructible. If I, if I make a campaign and I want it to be a spot, the political puppet master, a uh, house of cards bullshit. Um, <laughs> yeah, you, that's going to become fire and blood. If I'm exactly, in that game. it's going to become like a game of throne episode. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah uh, that's what i want to add you can go ahead john so um so on based on uh what mike said and i guess a little bit on uh continuing on what uh what matt was was saying so what what i like about because i right now i actually am trying to write a uh, a campaign uh about a 15 mm -hmm. session campaign in icrpg starting from the ground up um and over the course of about four hours, I was able to outline the whole thing, like the the big the big stuff, 
you know, where it's, uh, you know, the, the, the major, the major conflicts, leaving the story essentially up to what the, what the hell the players are going to do and what the game master wants to make out of it. Right now I'm, I'm starting to shrink it down to I've almost designed the first iteration of the first adventure. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, I think like Alex was saying, you know, teaser things to come. Uh, I think we'll start seeing more uh, campaigns slowly start to show up. Um, but what I like about it is starting the the adventure writing and the campaign writing from the standpoint of the format that we currently have in Index Card. The, the bullet points, the, the very general stuff where it, it gives it gives the benefit of the doubt to the game master to fill in the blanks. And then at the very end, in the conclusion, like seriously, read read these adventures all the way through. They're they're brilliantly designed. Uh, in the conclusion, it tells you like how it impacts the the world if they succeed and if they fail. And it succeeds the goal of the adventure. Because let's let's remember, like the point of your group being there at all is to be on an adventure. Sure. So if if you're worried so much about drawing them into the story, you're probably missing the point. You know, if if your players aren't there to play, then why are they there? Sure. And so, like, you know, and, and that is the problem with like campaigns. Like most people don't have the time to invest in a 15 session campaign. I mean, that's that that can be six months to a year of uh, of gaming. Sure. And but some people really want that. Some people want to uh, want to have that full length story. I'm one of those kinds of people yeah. Yeah. That, that want to experience a full character progression. I want to play that movie. You know, I want to play that book. You know, and, yes. I knew, you know, I, knew, I had to say something, man. I, but, it's going to tie up to what you, you're saying right now and what Matt said, said in a way, like Matt said that by running one shots, um, players came back to him and yeah. wanted to invest in the story. And that's the key. So it's you kind of, yeah. Yeah. And then you, you build the campaign. So when, when designing a campaign and the way that I'm doing it, the first adventure is meant to be completed in one session and can be a book ended thing if they really want to. Um, and if they're just not interested fine do something else if they want to continue then there is a sweeping story that can take them on through the next six months if they really wanted to in the world of alpha um and uh and there was something that uh mike said about how like oh the lich died and he wasn't supposed to die and like adventure number two what the hell do i do what I like about the system is the, like, one, it's the, like, you know, conclude, succeed or fail aspect in the ending. But the other thing, too, is just how easy it is to throw together an adventure or campaign in the system. It makes those, like, oh, sh oh, crap moments really easy to fix. But that's the point of running watch. You don't have, you take up the stress of building this big arc. Yeah. That if something bad happens, you fuck up all the work you did. It's not. It's yeah. not just that you you uh, destroy the story. Is that, I mean, you invest time in creating something, 
and there's a chance that it fails. But by doing one shot and just it's not actually improv because you always has, you always have like these uh, ideas for what's next. Mm -hmm. But at least you don't invest so much time and risk wasting it in a way. Yeah. So uh, if I so there's add to so uh, as go, go no, ahead. You had sorry uh, <laughs> yeah I just wanted to add like this quick thing. Um, I think 15 sessions is too much. I would I would I would bring it out to six sessions. Uh, yeah. six session is reasonable and you can always extend it and create like, yeah, that's all. Well, go ahead, John. That's all I want to say. I don't, I mean, that's, that's good. I mean, you know, different people have different preferences for, uh, for, for campaign lengths. If, if six is an average thing, then that's good. Well, it, it, it uh, could be spanned out. Like you go think of it like seasons. So like if it's five sessions season and then there's like a month break because people are busy and then it's season two and then you do another five session and then season three just, just to like there's stretch it out the, god there's also oh. the notion of doing a a campaign built out of one shots yes using the same characters but in different situations and um which uh, is, i've done that before and that's really cool which is basically how the setting of warp shell is set up sort of um yeah. so if you really want to do that and like, there's no better place to do it than warp shell. Um, but as a game master at your, t at your table, if you want to make a campaign as you go, there's really no better system than, than index card, because it's so easy to to plan one session at a time. Cool. And like you, you do it by the bullet points and you can, you can have your next session ready within, within an hour. So that's not a whole lot of uh, of investment and work as a game master into this massive story. Now, as as authors trying to make a pre-generated campaign for game masters to use, on the other hand, there's still a lot of work, but it's like a fraction of what it would be in, with uh, with Dungeons and Dragons. We gotta we gotta pull the rug up from under you there, man, because our time in town has ended. Which is good because that was everything i had to say about that it is so, um so mike when are we gonna when, when we're gonna resume valor five um hey yeah we could do that next week not to put you on the spot yeah, yeah we, we, we could do that next week um yeah. perhaps I, we could cast that for these fine people come on bro Roberto. i'm ready man <laughs> i got it right here let's do it okay there's um we're moving into uh to our tribunal now, which is uh, kind of the last session was like kind of the meat and potatoes. We got a couple of questions um, and several, several answers. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, the, uh, man, the, um, we hear, we hear a strange sound in the woods. <laughs> All of a sudden we're surrounded by orcs. Roll initiative. 11. And, Eleven. Hmm. I roll off, Ooh, motherfucker. Roll off. Roll off. Hello, can you guys? I got an eighteen. I got an eight. It would have been amazing <laughs> yeah, that's right. if, that's if right. we had eighteen again. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Matthew, what did you roll? Eleven. Uh, yeah, eleven. Eleven. Yeah, eleven first. Yeah, 11 first. Yeah. And I'm after him. Right. Okay. And then, uh, you roll the ten, Alex. What do you got? I have a six. Man. <laughs> All right. 
Alex. Cruel, the cruel, cruel Six. dice. I rolled a 19. Oh, my goodness. Ooh, you get the stop. At least, at least the cord rolls higher than you, Alex. That's right, man. I'm actually, I'm actually going to use my... Uh, I'm going to go ahead and use my... Use my 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 first action to uh, to roll stealth, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna go right to right to Matthew here. Oh. This uh, <laughs> this okay. is uh, that's rude, man. So uh, <laughs> Matthew, you're, the, the question um, is: We've seen a lot of this particular question asked. Um, it, it, a lot a lot of a lot of a lot of barbs really thrown at um, at D and D fifth edition um, about how like it, how it falls down. Um, and uh, how ICRPG improves upon those things while because it kind of like you know discards use useless items and stuff um like my question what is the thing you what, what is the thing that you dislike about about uh Dungeons and Dragons fifth edition now I'm not meaning this to be like a hit piece but it is, it is, it's, um, it, it comes up a lot, man. I can't stand that about fifth edition. Um, I'm just curious what all, what, what your, what your guys barbs are about those. Uh, what do you think? Man, I think I'm going to go with, I dislike the attitude of the community behind D and D fifth edition. Oh, wow. Okay. I, that's going to be hard because a lot of people here and maybe viewers, they wow. love D&D. And, uh, sure. you know, I don't mind. I'm going to go ahead and just say it. You're going to be elitist? And this is based on a true story, man. I I made a Reddit post a while ago and I just wanted to, to find a solution. I I was seeing all those memes about Bag of Holding. Everybody's using Bag of Holding because fuck the loot system in D&D is too complicated. Uh, you don't calculate pounds and shit like that, you know, True. usual. And everybody's using bag of holding or just not counting inventory, okay? And yeah. my question was around like... Backpack of... I hold yeah. everything. I was just saying that, well, is there a solution to that? Can we make loot interesting? And it, it was just a question, you know? And man, I got freaking bashed. The, they hey, lit you up, man. People were so oh, mad at yeah, me for trying you mean to tell me that you got yelled at for having a dissenting opinion on the internet. Yeah. Yep. 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 Weird. Yep. But it, it, <laughs> it wasn't even an opinion. It was formed as a question and uh, not. Yeah. People, oh, wow. people were weird. They were just defending their game. Like it was their precious ring thing that no one can talk about. This was, it was, I wasn't even insulting anybody. You know, I was just asking that question and I, yeah, exactly. They were like that. They're precious. And, you know, like we're Canadian, <laughs> we, we can't insult people. <laughs> yeah, I, I was I was nice to them, you know. Right. I, I went smoothly, and people were just oh man, the community, the way they defend it, and I I love D and D. The content is great. There's a lot of uh, depth to it that ICRPG doesn't have yet because of we don't have enough content yet. Sure. Sure. And 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 yeah, I love D and D, but the community, man, you play with people and. And every group is different. They all play different differently, mm -hmm. but they are all really freaking conservative about the way they play. If Absolutely. you mix up D&D groups, holy shit, you're in for a fight, man. Like, hey, he huh. did two moves. God my bed. At my table, we don't do that. And I'm like, oh, well, I've right. your table, man. What you going to do? Right. God, <laughs> like, God forbid you try to change something about one of their classes. Yeah, man. <laughs> holy shit. Yeah, don't do that. Right. Okay. So right. uh, that's, next... Mike, Mike, you were at initiative yeah. lower than Matt. Yeah. <laughs> 11 as well. Um, yeah, I'm going to, 
I'm going to add something to what Matthew said. Uh, what what right. I hate about D&D, uh, it's because D&D tries to cater to every interpretation of what a role-playing game is uh, supposed to be, um, all at the same time. Um, the attempt to so- uh, solve every... They, they try to put everybody together. Like everybody has, like I talked about, the, everybody has a mutual goal when they play, right? And what D&D always tries to do is like, oh, well, your mutual goal is okay. And like, your mutual goal is okay. But, you know, they're, they're not, they're exclusive. You, you can't add, you can't, like, if somebody wants to play a game like a video game, it's okay. If somebody wants to play like a role-playing game, it's okay. But then when you try to put the, those two together, it just doesn't work. You're mixing water and oil. Yeah, exactly. Trying to and, and, and here, the, everyone join this giant group. And, and yeah, exactly. Somehow we'll make and, and, and the yeah. way they try to, to like justify it, like how, how I just like how, what I read from, from that in the community is, well, this is not real role playing. Yeah. You're, you're, you're stupid. I'm going to shame you and I'm going to, and I'm going to use that as proof. And what this does to the hobby itself, it, it, well, first of all, it means that the hobby has a, like, as a general philosophy that design doesn't, doesn't matter, nor does it, nor does complete communication of how to play matters. And, uh, a group, uh, what the fuck was that? yeah. And, uh, there's a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of shaming involved when you're trying to argument. So like your argumentations are, are, are played on words and like, well, that's not the correct sure. interpretation of words. You're stupid. I'm smarter than you. Sure. I know. Yeah, I it sounds, sounds like you're revolving kind of back to like yeah. the, the community. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just to add. Yeah, you're, you're, you're describing those beardy old gamers but, that, are, but that, are, that are set in their ways. The main, but that's the way the book yeah, is made. Exactly. It's saying war gamers can fit with role players yeah. and they can both fit with the guy who likes puzzle and they can both fit with the other guy that we don't even know what they yeah. like. And, so, so. I, will, I, will, I will say that I have never seen, not, not yet, I haven't seen that behavior out of anyone in uh, the ICRPG yeah, exactly. yet. And uh, on a parting note, game... Games work because people agree to play by a set of rules. If the rules are unknowable, like in D&D, can you, like Hanks like said, do, do you guys know every single rule in the book? No. Yeah, no. I, why would you learn that? It's completely stupid. It's dumb information. You don't even need that to, li- to live in real life. So what ha- what I, happens is people... I, I, I lived and played through all of second edition. I still can't explain to you how FACO really works. So <laughs> that causes a problem. You have no basis of, of negotiation for the, the shared imaginated space we, we all have together. And because because of that, it, it you can't really argument. Like your only argumentation is to, to, to shame other people because... Well, nobody knows the rules. Every interpretation is okay, and and mm. and you can't. Yeah, that's that's what I want to say. Interesting. Yeah, I'm salty. <laughs> We've got. Uh, <laughs> I see that. Well, what's your what's your little uh, little pain point there, uh, John? Because I I know that you, you and I have talked about this a little bit. I think I know what you're going to say, but I want to hear it from you. So, you know, I I had a couple of things, but the biggest one and. You know, it's 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 interesting because it dovetails right off of what Mike 
is talking about. It's the need to constantly reference the Dungeon Master Guide to do anything and the constant battle with the rules lawyer. Preach, brother! It's too complicated, and heaven help you if you have a grappling situation. And, you know, it's just... You know, everything from, you know, what's my racial ability? What what does this spell do? What, you know, what 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 damage dice does this weapon roll? What's the weight of this item? Like, am I encumbered? How much movement distance do I have because of my encumbrance? You know, like, what uh, what currency uh, are, are we using right now? It's just, it, it's, it got to be a little ridiculous. And I, like, before Index Card even came out, I was I was just like, you know what? We don't need item weights. It's it's dumb bullshit. Like why does the real world need to show up in in our little tabletop game? It's it's needless paperwork for me because hmm. my players don't want to do it. And it's like, well, with that encumbrance is gone. Yay. So movement is just like why do people need to be moving differently? If there's any other reason than like something happened to them right then and there like they got caught in a web or they got hit by a slow spell so it's like it's temporary you know or you know and it's it's like you know players should be you know it's 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 like sorry matt quite cumbersome like i i I get what you're saying i mean the book is and it's it's a textbook and you know it's you know the 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 actual rules for our ICRPG, like what you need to know how to play. You know, it's it's a fraction of the actual core manual, and it's easily memorizable uh, by game master and player alike. Like pretty much, I mean, we have a lot of discussions on Google Plus about like the nitty gritty of various rules here. But what I find that's interesting is that it's people asking questions about clarity clarifications of various uh, rules like buried within these, you know, are the guy who has the rule book handy, um, it, it, you know, I, I, you'd have to tell me exactly how many pages of the manual are devoted specifically to gameplay. But, you know, within those set piece, pieces of, of pages, players are also reading it. I don't think that happens with the Dungeon Master Guide. You know, it's, I don't think Dungeon Masters read the Dungeon Master Guide. I know I did. Because it's 100% fluff. Yeah. How, how to play is nine pages. Yep. Thank you. It was even you know, less than I thought it was. Interesting, uh, interesting point. Um, uh, so I've, I've had several players that have never picked up ICRPG before. I've, I've been running demos for them, and they know how to play. 100 percent but before the first session if, if i can add something yep. to that you know the first session we rolled i didn't read the, the gm book <laughs> right on i and that was I, like that was like your second or third game that you ever wrote that you so ever did right i played with yep. with uh i played with um what's his name chris Haitley. uh oh, okay that was the first session and i understood every rule from that first session and i applied cool. that too so it's it's crazy how you you how easy it is to learn in one session and you can dm without even reading the book and and, and i think uh on what john added what's really cool at icrpg is 
it tells you how to play the game for a long like a, there's this whole section on how to play the game and that's that's what's missing in 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 D&D and D&D is too scared because it tries to cater to everybody yeah so i'm uh, i'm still i'm still stealthed right alex what are, what, are, what is your take on this you know, Matt. Matt is just hiding because he loves D and D, man. He wants to protect the bag of holding and all this shit. I love D and D. I'm not gonna lie, I love D and D, but I have, I do, I do have some input. Cool. Okay, so uh, first of all, let me say I had a fellow DM tell me here recently, he said, you know, whenever I pick up a new RPG system, the first thing I do is I look at the, the grappling rule because that's going to, that's going to tell me a whole lot yes. about the system. And you know what, that really stuck with me. So I just wanted to tack that on to John's point because th that really is the case. Now I have not put this guy on to ICRPG yet. I can't wait until I do because when he goes to look for the grappling rule, it, it's going to be an awesome day. I suspect. Right. Um, Beach. True love at first sight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it certainly was for me. And and you guys raise an interesting point about um, all the mechanics in ICRPG being so streamlined and intuitive and um, accessible and, and easy to grasp right out of the gate. Let me just say, I do not hate on D&D. Um, I think fifth edition... Nor should you. I think fifth edition may be um, probably the best iteration of D and D that I've seen. I think the advantage and the disadvantage mechanic is just revolutionary. Um, it's so intuitive um, in terms of a tool for a DM. Um, that being said, my specific pain point uh, with D and D, although I, I have several, um, but it, it, it's this. So here's this awesome book. And what I'm going to say about it is this looks really nice on a shelf. It's got a lot of really cool artwork on it uh, or in it. Um, the MSRP is also $50. And when you get past the pretty artwork and you really start to sink your teeth into this book, what you're going to find is there's a lot of coaching on narrative technique. So there's going to be a lot about world building and you're going to get a lot about um, crafting a story and who, what, when, where, why, which is not, uh, which are not bad things. However, this book does not give me any practical mechanical advice step-by-step step about how to be a good DM and how to create encounters from a mechanical standpoint that are going to challenge my players and really engage them at the table. And 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 do you, do you know a game system that does have that? <laughs> well, I'm I'm going to sound a little bit biased here, but I suspect <laughs> uh, my answer is going to be ICRPG. Yeah, can you hold it up, Matthew? There you go. <laughs> there you yeah. go. Yeah. yeah. So the I, the game mastery section. <laughs> I I showed the counter uh, the other product. Let me show this one. But it, but in any event. Um, the the current D and D DMs guide does not give you anything about mechanical technique. It doesn't give you anything about the art of room design. Um, it doesn't talk about this idea of function and how function creates pinch points or pain points uh, for your character uh, in a room, um, or, or really sort of adding any sort of mechanical punch 
um, to your encounters. I love the fact that Hank and ICRPG take me through timers, um, um, timers, threats, and treats. I love the fact that we talk about things uh, like challenge tuning involving uh, uh, damage disruption and duration. Um, all these key concepts that make me a better DM at the table and that give me practical advice on how to mechanically um, design encounters. I love the fact that ICRPG has all these encounter archetypes. I mean, everything from uh, tangles to pinches to kites to a duel, um, all these types of different scenarios. And you just don't see that same level of advice in a $50 book. That looks good. It looks cool. It's got some cool tables and stuff in it. But truthfully, it doesn't make me better at the table. And it really doesn't help me. Um, it's actually all sort of vague and nebulous. Um, it doesn't help me specifically create fun at my table. And that's one of the, the big pain points for me as far as uh, all, all of D&D. And, the, uh, the, and um, just, to, just to pin something on there, if you need clarity on one of those concepts, there's also an hour-long video on YouTube explaining each of those things. You know? <laughs> yeah, man, that's true. Yep. <laughs> so you're saying that the game mastery book doesn't help to teach how to play and the player's handbook doesn't teach how to play. Is that right? Did I get that? Or I, I think the player's handbook is better. Uh, the biggest criticism I have with the player's handbook is that it, it really needs better organization. It needs to be way more streamlined. Um, I think Matthew, you, You mentioned earlier when we were talking offline about uh, all the page flipping you have to do even in character creation. Oh, my gosh. So, Just for your freaking spells, man. Holy fuck. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. I mean, if I have to download a third-party app just to keep t just to keep track of that uh, shit. Oh, yeah, man, word. It's, it's, the spells, man. We all, we all do. Yep, we all do. Spells, <laughs> yeah, just, I'm not even going to – I don't even write them down. I'm just like, all right, great. Throw in the app. Cool. When you have Alex, I, I I appreciate those, man. That's 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 keen insight, man. I, I like that. I like that. The DM, I never considered that. Okay, that the DMG doesn't actually teach you how to be good at your at your job as a DM. It just gives you the raw info. Yeah, it, lot of, a lot of fluff. A lot of fluff, lot as of you fluff. point out. My um, I guess I'm the I'm the I'm the, I'm, the, I'm gonna pop out of stealth here and uh, say I I I. I love Dungeons and Dragons. I love it. Okay. However, that doesn't mean I have, that doesn't mean I don't have my bitches about it. Okay. Like, and, 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 and one of the things is that the simulation, okay, this is going to be my biggest thing, right? The simulation <laughs> drives me crazy. The, the, oh, you can only move like your movement is 30. Oh, you can't. Like, can you see around that corner? Oh, you're in half cover. You're in one quarter's cover. That stuff is ridiculous, right? It, it, is, it is rules upon rules upon layers of rules, and it drives me crazy. I can't, <laughs> I, I, I really don't like it. Um, what I, my encounters in, in fifth edition used to take all session long to complete, right? Um, now I can fit like three or more encounters into like a single like one night session because the because of icrpgs focus on narrative play rather than that simulation and that and that's that's the single largest thing for me like that's that's it <laughs> that's it uh that, that is 
I could go on for quite a long time. I'm not gonna though. You guys have all kind of made a lot of good points. Man, First time you mentioned banana based uh, distance, <laughs> my players. It was like ten minutes of you know I could I couldn't get them to stop laughing. It was it was yeah awesome. they're, they're just like it's like. <laughs> like yeah no no it's like i could pull it out for you that's that's how we that's how we do distance here you know yep you don't have a pencil will do too yeah, yeah. well it's like i i do i do it you know like you know the hang loose sign you know yeah, banana bits. <laughs> it works awesome. just well yeah like we don't use rulers at my table <laughs> yeah that's cool man we we've um yeah i mean there are things that we that we that we don't like about 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 fifth edition right i mean everybody like obviously this assembled crew here has got has got levels of of dislike and and like uh uh for, for that system but um since this is a podcast a webcast about icrpg and because ultimately begrudgingly i do think icrpg is an improvement over uh over fifth edition maybe and a lot of uh there have been a lot of community questions about it i'd like to talk about i'd like to talk now about how do you like like tips and tricks on how you convert a fifth edition party say say, say somebody they all right they hate fifth edition they're done with it um what they want to convert that over to icrpg how do they do that um and we should answer that question but before we do that we're going to roll initiative. But we're attacked by what? <laughs> a meteor you know what? crashes no. from the earth and descends on us. Roll initiative. Yes. All right. Ooh. Go Natural the 20. Immortal pulled a four. <laughs> Not. Who rolled four? Damn you. John rolled four? Yeah. <laughs> Did Alex roll three or something? I rolled a two. Uh, <laughs> man, man, uh, I rolled. Matthew, did you roll ten? Just can't win tonight, Alex. Yeah, I rolled a nine. A cruel, uh, cruel Matt. dice. Right on. Yeah, Terry. Uh, running a nine. fifth edition is less complicated than Pathfinder for sure. <laughs> All right, I rolled a natural twenty. Bitches. So let's let's do this. <laughs> don't stick around this time, though. Yeah. What's that? It. No, That's... I'm gonna stick around. No, I'm I'm all in this I'm, time. I'm... I have I have some I have some ideas. I'm gonna have to mute right. that later. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, you're gonna have to bleep me out in just a second. Nah. <laughs> no, we'll leave it in. There's no kids here. Strength, honor, and beer. Um. So, converting a five five E party to to ICRPG, it it's, it can be tough. My 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 biggest my biggest tip would be just start just just convince your players to start fresh with ICRPG. But if you want if you want to convert them over, it's really not that hard. What I've done at my table is um, I've taken the whole concept of classes and then thrown that out the window, right? So uh, it allowed my my characters just to come up with their idea, like okay, you want to be a druid, great. Um, you can, you can, uh, you, it's all about giving the character the right gear and maybe they're in, and maybe the DM could make up some kind of starter gear or starter reward or loot or even a spell or something to make that character feel like druidy, I guess. Um, 
that still still works within like the mechanics of the game. It, the, the real challenge comes in converting over higher level characters because that can be that can be daunting. Um, my wife, for example, has got an eighth level druid, and um, she will not part with her eight level eighth level druid. <laughs> not gonna happen. Um, so my idea for that is I'm gonna take okay, what are the things that are about your character that are coolest to you? Um, so, and then, and then take those things, those abilities, and um, just, just make them... Um, sorry, I was a little distracted by something that's behind me. Go to bed. All right, <laughs> there you go. Um, <laughs> I apologize, you guys. Children can't live with them, can't sell them. There's a, <laughs> there's a. So I take like things core abilities. Okay, her druid is a shapeshifter. Great. Um, maybe let's uh, let's 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 give her like a uh, wisdom spell, beast form, right? And just put that as 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 her loot. And she thinks that her ability to call lightning is really cool. Great, you you've got that. Now, am I going to do that for every single one of her spells? No, because ICRPG is not that kind of game. You're not going to have 40 spells in your pocket that you can do at any time. You can only equip 10 things max, right? So in, in, as far as converting over the characters, just take the, the, like a list of, I don't know, up to 10 things that you think are cool about your character. And then just then just like like give the character those things, make some simple stats as the DM, as is your purview. Make those things up on the fly if you need to. Put them on the character sheet so they're represented. Make the character make the uh, player feel awesome, right? And so they don't feel bad about uh, about uh, you know like losing a character. And you're golden. The easy part is converting over the the encounters and adventures. That, that's already been laid out in like Hankerin's videos and like the DM section, ICRPG and all that stuff like that. But, um, and in fact, uh, there are several people, myself included, who are going to um, be putting out a, a conversion guide. Not that I think it's necessary to have a printed guide, but I'm going to do one anyway, because a lot of people have been like curious about it. So hopefully that will be done. I don't want to give it an exact date because it's kind of a labor of love and I almost, I only have so much love to go around, but pretty soon and I'm running a really bit, a little bit long. Um, Matthew, what do you think? I'm going to use what you said to build up. Like you have 10 items, right? In ICRPG. So. And you, you pack. Yeah. So in the act, they can be spells, they can be anything you want. So. Mm -hmm. What are those things that make your character your character? So pick the stuff you like. And the way I would like frame it for my players is the least you pick, like instead of like eight spells that you like, you pick three. Well, you've got seven other items that can improve those three. So maybe your the thing you prefer with your character is magic missile for some reason. And you like the fact that it can curves and like, you know, sure. just, it will find you. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. maybe you like that and you pick this 
And then you're like, yo, I want to make a magic missile build. I don't care about like fucking acid splash. Yeah. Who wants so, acid splash? So I'm going to pick another item that doubles the range of my arcane spell or that it's just, it gives your character more um, customization instead of having all the spells because you're a wizard. You only have the spells that you will actually use and that make your character your character. So for the, and we were talking about casters, but if your fighter's got a sword that's that has a cool name, and I think it's you, Matt, that had a sword that was uh, what do you see when the the weapon is alive? The yeah, my, does that work? My character. Yeah, you said that the fighter in your group had a sword, and then when he leveled up, he had to oh, fight yes. them. Oh yes, you're talking about the blade called Legion. Legion is a sentient blade from the sentient. first age, and it uh, it um, it it is it's got the the essence of all of its previous wielders throughout the ages, uh, throughout the centuries, uh, inside of it. And every time the character levels up, um, he's sucked into like an arena. And in the stands of the arena, there are uh, all of the all of the representations. There's there's a warlock there, and there's a barbarian there, and there's a you know a fighter clad in armor there. One of them in the arena will stand up. And, and just kind of slowly walk down and challenge him. And if he wins that fight, he gets uh, he, he, he Legion grants him a portion of that uh, of that champion's strength. And if he loses, he dies. So, um, <laughs> it's so uh, so what what makes that the sword is part of D and D? Nothing. It can be nice RPG, you know. Absolutely. Like that's the beauty of it. You know, you like second win, you always use it. Well, it's an item now, you know, it's not hard. Just pick some and improve them or maybe pick a lot, but don't improve them. It's your choice, you know? True. And that worse than that, if the character is, the characters are really OP and they really like being OP. Like they like slashing 10 goblins at once. Like Alex said, well, give them more than six points, I guess that's an, an alternative or more items or, you know, it's not something I would do, but I know some players love being like that, so that's that is that is kind of a um, a little bit of there is a little bit of disparity if you're making new characters. There is a little bit of a, dis- a power level disparity between D and D fifth edition and ICRPG. So I mean, yeah. we'll, we'll get in. We can get into that later, though. Um, that's my two cents for that. Um, coming in at uh, big nine for initiative. There's Mike. What do you think? Um, well, first, uh, how I understood the question was how do you convince your, your players to, to play uh no, just like maybe maybe I, that yeah i, I want I, that's yeah i want to take it from that angle and not because uh, i know i know john and, and alex have probably interesting ideas over that um yeah well it negotiation can be hard because uh well you have to arm you hey. have to arm yourself with with weapons to negotiate with your players because well they're not all going to be compliant um and if you enter a battle with like a, a knife and your players have guns because they're like a level 15 you're not going to win that fight um and you also don't have to be an asshole and be like hey um i'm the gm so i decide we're going to convert that's probably you're probably not gonna do your you, you've just lost credibility yeah, yeah exactly exactly but uh, at the same time you know you, you can always tell them look Playing D and D is time consuming for me, and and if you guys want to have the same level of enjoyment and and like you know make them feel empathic, like I'm I pass a lot of time to design these things, and if I if we would go to ICRPG, 
I would have even more time to create even cooler ideas because, you know, stats are wow, easier yeah. and everything. So yeah. from that angle, that's how I would convince players. Like, dude, it takes me eight hours, man. And, and I did a campaign of Vice RPG. It took me an hour and a half. We can go and have beers afterwards. You know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not constrained to, to, to be a slave. Why to, are we not doing that now? Yeah, exactly. And, <laughs> um, so I had an idea. I thought Matthew was going to say it. Well, I'm going to say it anyway. Um, how, how I see it is if they're high, like let's, let's say they're level eight or level 15, um, uh, make them choose 15 spells. If they're level eight, make them choose eight spells. Um, so depending on what level they have convert their items into spells and you have, you know, let's say they have 15 spells. Well, there are five spells that they, they have to like swap and to equip, uh, throw them in the backpack. Is what yeah, you're exactly. Uh, and, and then, um, and then you explain to them, like you show them what Diablo is first <laughs> and then you, and then you tell them like, you can take these spells and then you can create items to like, do cool shit like Matthew talked about magic missile like okay every time you shoot magic missile and hit somebody um it has a chance to polymorph like two like adjacent creatures or uh, like crazy stuff like that so i think it, it <laughs> i think i think it, it um shit i didn't say that what i hate about dnd it's the lack of creativity and, and it it forces player to to do the spells are are like Yes. Yeah. Conform to this. Yeah. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Yeah. It's this yeah. comfort. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. You're conformed, and you're. Well, you know. At the same time, people need to be need that. You know, because like I said, the the is trying to like cater to everybody. Anyway, ICRPG. Can I add something? To yeah. That? Go ahead. <laughs> you must tell your players that before they create crazy shit, they will need strength and dex and basic stuff. You know, they don't have to create only spells. Because the plus one dex boots are freaking useful in ICRPG. Yep. So if you're high level, man, create them plus two dex boots. I don't care, but think about the stats. You need them. Think think of think of all the levels as like milestones and just give them like say, okay, if you're level eleven, here's eleven things you can have. Some of them can be spells. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh next next in initiative, John. I, I know with certainty that you have something to say about this. Yeah. So actually, Mike uh, reminded me something uh, real quick about like the creativity of, of, of uh, players with the system and how that actually ties into the conversion of your characters with like, say, creating your spells. I was just in the process of converting my players to ICRPG from 5th edition to run the Doom Vault adventure. Uh, one of them is a mage. Uh, fourth level uh, doesn't have a whole lot, but she does have floating disc. And it was a randomly rolled spell at player start. At first, she was kind of pissed that's what she had. But uh, you know what? That that was actually one of the most useful spells. I think she's that, uh, like, she she uses that so often and in such unusual ways. But the spell floating disc is like half a page in descriptions and restrictions and what it sure. can do and how it operates and stuff like that. And like, well, I have to convert that to a sentence. Sure. You create, you that whole you, shit, create, right? you create a floating disc of solid energy uh, near for 1d4 rounds. 
you know, inspo. And you know what? I like that because that gives her freedom to do interesting stuff with it. She hasn't yet, but I'm waiting for her to try to do awesome things with it because then I get to be like, well, that's not exact. You know, that's going to be difficult. You know, you're actually going to have to make like int checks for so for it not to fail. Or, you know, things like that. So that like, they don't just plummet to the bottom of a chasm or something. But uh, she could use you know, it like a destructive disc, for, like Krillin yeah, from Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, this, like a destructive <laughs> disc or try to use it as a shield to absorb damage or uh, or, or try to expand it so it can hold multiple, so it can hold uh, more things on it. You know, like I'm, I'm waiting for her to try to, to use this for uh, or, or use it to like raise stuff. You know, I'm waiting for her to be creative. Place a bomb on it and like uh, send it off into the distance. Exactly, <laughs> and and she's the kind of player that would do that if she yeah. had. So like, you know, I'm 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 excited for the the potential there, and she's starting to, she's starting to get it. Um, now, so so that's that's the thing. Like when you when you convert things like spells you know, really have that conversation with your players about your characters that, you know, we're taking the, your your favorite things about your character and we're converting them to the system. And it might seem like we're taking a whole bunch of stuff from it because we're taking, you know, a page or like half a page or more and condensing it to a sentence. But trust me, we've just made it a ton more powerful because we put the power from the book into your hands sure but and also how many times have you really used mending just saying <laughs> well that's the other thing too like you don't actually need this you you have never used this so we're going to toss that away to the side the other thing too is like when you're looking at converting your players at least this is the way that i i do it is you know and matt you said this and you said it great throw classes out the window look at their play styles like seriously, like they're if they're charismatic in their play style, doesn't matter what kind of class they are. Ask them to look at the commander class and see if that's something that interests them. Like if they're if they're a tank type player, like regardless of what class they do, have them look at you know you know regardless if they're like a you know uh, regardless of what they are, you know have them look at the guardian or like you know DPS. Have them look at a blade. If they're a rogue or a thief, like have them look at a thief or the wildlings, you know, healer and mage, that's kind of self-evident. But like if they're like a druid or nature focused thing, like look at the wildling. It's surprisingly similar to a druid in nature. It is. Yeah. Um, Can I add something? Yeah. Um, I, I like to have add to that, but yeah. I, uh, yeah, I like I like to I like my to ask my players to describe their characters, like their character class in three words, like sneaky human thief or yeah. retired dwarven soldier, you know, because it tells you just those words tells you a lot about what your, where your, what your direction is, is going in yeah. and converting. Yeah. So, so the goal in converting a character, a player character is to preserve the essence of the character, not the class and not the powers. You know, and in the process of preserving the essence, there are going to be, you know, that those two or three, you know, hot items that they really love about their character. Like my fighter, it's his magic sword. And I'm actually in the process of retooling that magic sword so that rather than rolling magic effort, it actually rolls double double weapons. And he has to learn how to, how to use the weapon in order to do that. 
and he can continue to learn it and it just gets harder and harder and he can increase the number of of, uh, of weapons effort dice that he can do it use use it for kind of like a replacement for like attunement but actually more powerful exactly because cool. he had to work to get that sword and just rolling magic effort especially since like you know you know it, it doesn't make sense as a dwarf fighter for him to have points in magic you know his points are in weapons you know and so you know so like i'm just gonna just making it like that you know the floating disc for the mage um you know i had a paladin i did something interesting with that he does not have healing magic i basically gave him an inspiration type power instead so he you know, rallies his fellows rallies his of, fellows yeah. but what's interesting is that you know the the commander has that power but i didn't want to make him a commander uh because he's more of a tank so i actually made him a guardian but with that power so yeah. you know there's so nothing in the icrpg core that says you can't mix and match yeah, shit don't be you know? afraid to combine things uh don't be afraid to make don't be afraid to make new shit up. and but here's the tr here's where things get tricky though is when you have higher level characters they tend to have a lot of hit points and the hardest thing about converting a party to this system i think is the drastic reduction in health um so the way that i would see it is you know 10 hit points is not a lot but no um if you're if you're left if you're converting party care if you're converting a party that's like under fourth level uh just treat it like it's first level just give them one heart but if you're converting them from like level four on up what i would recommend is like a three three two one ratio of hearts for tanks dps and magic users so at like you know from like i've got it got it somewhere here so from like fourth to i don't know seventh level you know magic users so that'd be like your healers and your mages would have one heart your dps or your skills characters would have two and your tanks would have three interesting that's where my party is currently at it works great i can throw a ton at them it's challenging and they love it cool okay so for you know but for like uh you know a mid level party so for like 8 to 15 you know mid to high 8 to 15 you know you have your magic users at two hearts your your dps at four and your tanks at six so they feel really powerful but that's when you can start like hitting them with the black dragons and like the the child of Addis atop and not feel like you're gonna wipe them out sure. you know and they don't feel like you're just stripping away their godlike powers because it's true in fifth fighty you're you're god anyways so i'm done that's that's really that was the big thing i had all right yeah all right so how do you convert a 5e party to icrpg uh, i've done it with my current group here is three easy steps if you'd like to do it yourself step one what is the level of your current players if they are levels one to three even one to five i would suggest go ahead and try to convert them over to ICRPG. 
if they're beyond level five, I think you just need to punt. Either finish out that story arc in 5e uh, or just give up and start over in ICRPG. Um, frankly, I think you should do that anyway. But um, I converted my group. They were only level three. So that made it really easy. So step two, how'd I go about it? Step two is before I converted the characters, I, I had already started converting the mechanics. So we were already using a single target. Um, we were already starting to reclassify um, uh, turn order, or we'd already started to use turn order. Um, we were already starting to use effort for non-combat tasks, things like that, uh, the recovery mechanic, things like that that I could pull in. I went ahead and pulled those things in. So mechanically, uh, the game was basically playing like ICRPG. And then the last step is we started to convert the characters. Fortunately, I had all the character sheets, so I could do that um, on, on my own, but, uh, like most of my default, it, it came with conversation with my players. We sat down and we talked about it and then truthfully, there's no magic to this. I just went step by step yeah. piece by piece. So hit points became hearts. If, uh, if you had, uh, less than 15 hit points that became one heart. If you had 15 or better, that became two hearts. Um, we started to convert stats into bonuses. In some cases I nerfed them slightly, but, um, we basically kept them about the same. Uh, we started to convert weapons into simple categories of dice. Uh, that was perfect. Uh, we got rid of leveling. Um, we started to convert attributes, abilities, and feats that you find in 5e, and we started to convert those into pieces of gear. So for example, my thief really liked to hide in the shadows. So that became a special cloak. Uh, that she had that allowed her to um, uh, that gave her a dex bonus for hiding in the shadows. Um, I was fortunate and I didn't have um, magic users in my group other than a homebrewed alchemist class. And I converted all of his recipes into basically scrolls. And if he lost them, then he just couldn't make those potions. So too bad. Um, but um, this is what I'll have to say on that whole topic about spells. In every role-playing game I've ever played, this is what it's like. You're an awesome magic user, and you really want to do something cool like cast Fireball, except that the spells available to you include speak with snails, create tree bark, and summon a compass. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, really? Like, I have a magic user who's swinging a... a shard blade that he summons from mist and can slice through pure stone every round but you're a magic user and all you can do is talk with snails like it's ridiculous if i'm a magic user i want to be able to cast an awesome magic missile i want to be able to spray acid out of my hand into somebody's face i want to call down lightning um nobody, i want to do nobody want wants to, nobody wants to be radagast <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> so so truthfully that is probably the thing that i like most about icrpg is being able to pick some really useful spells to make your spellcasters um a, as potent um as your fighter as your fighting classes um and so it, i would suggest that if you're going to do a conversion and leave out all the all those wonky spells give your spellcasters some awesome stuff that's really going to make them shine at the table and really going to make them useful to the party 
So that's my three easy steps. Figure out your party's level. Um, start over straight and ICRPG or do the conversion. Two, slowly convert the mechanics. And then three, convert your characters. And uh, you should be good to go. Thank cool. you, guys. Cool, man. Cool. So we have uh, we've come to near, near the end. But we're all still alive. About to roll that session end dice. Throwing out a one. <laughs> Looks like we got a two. We have uh we probably have time for a for a couple of uh questions from uh so we have a two from the feed, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, a two stands a for uh like I do it times five. So it's ten minutes. Ten minutes. Yeah. Cool. So have a right. nice ten minutes. Um I think Terry cool. addressed a really interesting question. If you want to read it out, Matt. Terry, uh, Terry Street, question. Do you guys think ICRPG should retool the magic system? Hmm. I've seen and heard some pushback against ICRPG because of the way magic is handled. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Roll initiative um, for this or just grab I can talk about yeah, that. Yeah, I think what? Matthew has like something really interesting. Yeah, yeah Matthew, Yo. go ahead, man. Now you can, you can take that one. That's so, a great question. That's a great question. For me, man, magic should be all about, you know, uncertainty and it needs it needs that feeling that you're you're playing with physics you know it's you're not supposed to cast a fireball out of thin air it's not supposed to happen and i mean the fighter is just there swinging his freaking sword man so why would you like have all the spotlight on you with those fireball that come out so easily and just the, the way i see it it has to be unstable it has to be more mysterious it has to, to it needs more depth you know that's that's the way ICRPG. That's what ICRPG lacks for me. But when I play it, it's not a problem. I I have I don't dislike it the way it is right now. But I in my game, if I was a magician or a wizard or a druid or any magic user, I love when my spells have a um, how do you say drop uh, drawback? No, is that the word? When yeah. they can backfire on you and you just you're there and you, you try this OP shit that you don't master right. yet and it fucks like, up. Like you know? in Magic like, the Gathering, uh, mana burn. Or um like uh when when Hankerin uh ran the uh ran what was it? It was a harbinger and he was trying to use that uh that 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 uh that that spell to reverse time and he he he, he was able to do it. But uh, but the character Horus messed himself up in the process. Yeah, yeah, ca man. cause and effect basically. That's what he. I think he wants to. I mean, I mean, maybe you succeed your fireball, but your hands are burned now because you rolled a five, and for like a few days, maybe your hands hurt, man. You have like hard rolls on decks because your hands are fucked up, you know. Yeah. Right. I just uh, I cast cast nineteen fireballs last night. I probably can't go like knit something tomorrow yeah, exactly. morning you know <laughs> so actually on that note uh jason said something that actually has given me a bit of an idea possibly to help with that but without adding unnecessary complexity to an already simple system right yeah. what was that seven minutes okay great so uh we already have spellburn as a mechanic in the system right sure yep so Pretty much in your in your game, uh, just automatically apply spellburn to all spells. Okay, when spellburn gets rolled for that many rounds, it's not that they can't use the spell, but every time they fail, they take magic damage. 
Oh, 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 oh shit! I love that. Or Holy shit! That's fucking smart. That's messing with physics. Yeah, reality yeah. pushes back. I like it. So, if you want to retool, it, honestly, I mean, ICRPG is built in such a way that if you want to retool something, retool it. Uh, the core. Hank has made pretty clear that he's not going to make massive changes that add complexity to the system. I think magic is one of those. Magic is one of those. This, I think, is a quick and dirty way to really make magic a risky business. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I think I think I'm going to do that in my next game. I'm going to try it too. That's that's uh, that sounds that's good. That's going to be added idea. to the Vader Five campaign. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, my character is going to explode with injuries. With injuries. T-shirts make magic dangerous. Um, do you have anything to add, Alex, or I can ask a question? Yeah, I was just going to say quickly. The only other thing that I might do to make magic a bit more unpredictable is um, I, I might consider using, and although I haven't yet, the the dungeon world mechanic. So roll two, 2d6, add them together. On a 1 to 6, you fail and something bad happens. On a 7 to 9, you get part of what you want, but there's a cost, uh, whatever that is, whether it's damage or the spell backfires. And then if you get, um, if you get a 10 through 12 on that roll, then something amazing happens. And if you roll a 12, maybe your magic missile splits into three and damages multiple individuals. Um, or whatever, and that would be a very, very simple mechanic. That's exactly make. how I, I made it, Alex. Actually, I can send you my Excel sheet if you want, man. Dude. I, <laughs> I that's exactly what I did. You know, I did like below this, it's a critical fail. Over that, it's a failure, but you forget the spell, and then you have normal success, and then you have like critical success. It's that simple. Four, four parts of the D twenty plus int. And I mean, the, the better, the, 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 the most powerful spells, you just move the, the grid. So to have a success, man, it's maybe 15 instead of 10 for a basic spell like Fireball. You but know? it removes the idea well, of DC. There's uh, a cost. Yeah. DC. Well, <laughs> great, great minds think alike, man. John, you know, the guy. <laughs> John, well, you have to, have to anything that adds an Excel spreadsheet to uh, ICRPG is uh, probably a little little too uh, complicated. But you, you you run your games how, how you want to run your games. But it, it well, uh, an, Excel, an Excel sheet pretty much looks like this at the end of the day. You know, it's just a table. No, no. You know, it's like I, I and I and I and I totally get it. It's just like <laughs> the way you do what you said it. And I was like, you know, that's that's really, you know, it's not. Uh, it's, yeah, but uh, yeah. So I think, I think that <laughs> yeah. might have answered your question about magic complexity. Yeah, I think that, that sure. pretty much hits the, the thing. Um, I, I like that spell burn. Yeah, spell I like burn, it I as well. That's, that's killer. But, but yeah, I'm actually I, too complicated. I, I, do, I, I do agree that, um, yeah, make make magic dangerous again. Like, I, I kind of like, like the direction that you're going in there, uh, Alex, with the... Um, the um, varying levels of difficulty like oh man like if i sacrifice a couple hit points i know that i can make this spell like actually spring into the world but if i don't then it fizzles that's exactly the spellburn system of dcc in a way i mean Mm -hmm. sacrificing hp is is simpler than what dcc says so i'm not even gonna say it but like 
it, it, it works actually. It's like, oh my God, it's that moment that I need to succeed. And if I get a crit, it's even better. But if I fail, man, holy yeah, yeah. shit. It's interesting that the, a lot of the more powerful spells in ICRPG already have like sacrifice 1 to 12 mm-hmm. HP for additional effect. Anyway, and so. other things you can do is like... Um, reduce like reduce your decks man it you know this spell hits you hard and you're like you're tired after you used it and you know you wanted to make it succeed oh, yeah. so like let's say you sacrifice two decks and it gives you a plus five and then you you oh, cast man. this time expansion whatever and you know i i think that's crazy. yeah i think it's really yeah. that's with the stats and stuff i love mm-hmm. that I'm sending you my Excel sheets, guys, if you want. <laughs> but, you know... It, <laughs> I, might, I might use it. I'm not going to give it to the players, but I'll it, hold it, it up here. It, it, yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be permanent. You know, it doesn't have to be, like... Sure. You know, it, they're, they're going to regain it, like, maybe one until, or two over whatever. Until they get a long rest. Yeah, exactly. You know? If you, uh, you, you channel... Uh, you channel uh, you, you know, you, you have to sacrifice something to make that lightning bolt go off, but now, like, your hands are permanently stuck in, like, forks, and you can't, mm-hmm. like hold a cup you know and god knows an icrpg long rest man you don't get them often so it's pretty much like do you really want to sacrifice two decks man because maybe the next room is full of walls to climb Mm, maybe (laughs) that's why you've got that's why you've got our levitating disc yeah exactly (laughs) well you guys um I think uh, we've come to the end of our time here. So I, uh, I sure appreciate everyone who's stuck with us this far, uh, listening to uh, five lumpy headed weirdos go on about, uh, about their interpretations of role playing stuff. Um, Hey, a quick shout out right now to, um, to Victor Diaz. He just put some stuff on the Google plus group. Uh, Ezra Harden's uh, GM, like like uh, notebooks or pages, I can't remember exactly it here. Let's see. I actually think that's on Drive Through RPG right now. Yeah, it is. It is. Um. Uh. Yeah. They are. The yeah. The, 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 the GM worksheets. They're awesome. I'm I'm putting together a campaign right now, and they're helping immensely. So you guys should go find those. They're 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 pay what you want on on Drive Through RPG, and if you can't find them, just drop them a line on the Google Plus. I want to do a shout out to uh, Marcin. Gibowski with his um his pop-up version of Hall of Arrows. I don't know if you guys saw it. That's really cool. That's really amazing. Uh, yeah, it was sweet. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah, I didn't I didn't check that out. Who made that? Um Marcin Gibowski. I yeah, okay. I'm, 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 I'm the G I'm the G plus. Yeah, I'm the G plus. Yeah. If you guys want to check him out, that's really like an awesome idea. Um, there's also Austin Redbond who put out his first stream. Um, probably gonna link this in the doobly doo down and uh, yeah, showcase stuff cool. so people can people can see it. It's awesome. Yep. So, um, anybody else have any any uh, shout outs or anything? Oh, you yeah, share anything I cool want to shout out Jason, man, for that awesome drawing tutorial you did uh, earlier this last week. Uh, yeah. yeah. The dinosaur? Yeah, the dinosaur. <laughs> it was really cool. Uh, and yeah. we're going to try to do this every week. Last week, we had uh, moving and uh, little technical difficulties. Te- yeah, Technical blunders, yeah. Exactly. yeah. Uh, I'm on a cell phone right now, so, you know, <laughs> sorry. But, uh, yeah, we're going to try to make this, like, weekly. And we're going to try to also stream our my 
Vader, my Vader Five campaign. <laughs> yeah. I mean, our our Vader Five campaign. It's, it's, it's a it's a shared story. Yeah, it is. It is. It's, it is. Survive. Any story that has a has a guitar wielding maniac in a chicken suit is a shared story. Yeah. So. <laughs> yes. Oh, oh, um, well, guys, I appreciate you for uh, for for for. In, thanks for stopping by uh, our second second ever episode of the Ultimate Effort podcast. Um, thanks very much. May your may your party be up. Yep. And your dragons go down. And I still <laughs> didn't do an outro, so this is how it ends. <laughs> <laughs>